well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad that you're with us on the program today. Coming up in a matter of moments, we're going to be talking with Mr. John Stokes, uh, editor at theprepared.com, also a part of Open Source Defense. We're going to talk about being prepared right now in these uncertain times, uh, as well as uh, get John's take on how concerned we should be at the moment about the prospect of political violence. This is something, obviously, that the uh, mainstream media has talked about. We uh, we saw the National Guard called out in uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, on uh, uh, Wednesday evening, Governor Kate Brown, amazing how that happens, by the way, after the uh, election is over. Um, and we also saw the media freak out, by the way, over a, uh, a, a relatively small group. I mean, all things considered, I saw the video and it looked like it was maybe 80 to 100 people uh, in Maricopa County, Arizona, who are outside uh, the building where the uh, the votes were being counted. Uh, and they were, again, this was a peaceful protest. There was not a window smashed. There was not a flag set on fire. Uh, but the media made it sound like, oh, my God, the mob is coming in Arizona, uh, describing it in terms, honestly, that you never really heard <laughs> described uh, in, uh, you know, uh, Portland or Seattle or places like that. Um, so I know that there are a lot of people who are freaking out right now uh, about the prospect of, you know, Civil War 2.0 or just how bad could things get. Um, I don't, I'm not Nostradamus. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I mean, we do live in uncertain times. That is for sure. Uh, but there are things that you can do uh, to prepare yourself for the uncertainty, whether it is political violence, whether it is another round of uh, coronavirus closures. Uh, and that's why uh, John Stokes joined us on the uh, program. Take a look and a listen. Hey, John, thanks so much for coming on the show, sir. It's good to talk with you today. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, you know, we've been checking in with you periodically uh, since the first COVID shutdowns back in March that uh, led to the Massive surge in gun sales, uh, fears of unrest since then. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, you know as well as I do, we've seen uh, a number of uh, cities across the country have to deal with uh, unrest. And now in the wake of the election, uh, I think that there are a lot of people concerned that, you know, things are going to spiral out of control. Um, so before we get into your thoughts as to how likely that is to happen, if people are concerned uh, about, you know, unrest coming to their neighborhood, um, what is your advice uh, there at the prepared for folks? You know, whether, again, it's it's dealing with COVID shutdowns or, or civil unrest or disorder. <coughs> what are some of the things that that people need to have on hand uh, in order to be prepared? The foundation is always going to be water and food in that order. Um, you always want to be prepared to shelter in place for some extended period of time, lock down, bunker down, not go outside. So we have extensive shopping lists on the site. You're going to look for fats and proteins. Uh, you're going to look for longer shelf life stuff, fiber, stuff like starches, things of that nature. But you really want to take some care with assembling a pantry. And there are a lot of great ways to do that. I'll tell you the thing that I have discovered that has revolutionized my prepping is restaurant supply stores. You can go there and you can get food at wholesale restaurant prices. And that's what I'm doing. I'm loading up on 50 pound bags of beans. I'm getting giant cheese wheels, um, you know, all kind of fun stuff at just shockingly low prices. When I get out of there, what I get out of there for $500 is like a multiple of what I get out 
for $500 from the local grocery store. So if you're really looking to stockpile, man, find yourself a restaurant depot or Costco business. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's one of those up in Dallas. So I'm, I am sold on it. Uh, Restaurant Depot has opened their, it used to be you had to have a qualifying business. They've opened their membership for COVID. Uh, anybody can get a membership. It's free. Um, now you got to be careful. Some stuff that you might buy there, um, like cooking, cooking utensils and stuff. You may have some weird tax obligations in your state for. Um, but if you're just getting food, Mm -hmm. uh, that stuff is great. So I am, I am a believer in that. It's something that I was tipped to early on in COVID, something that I was told about early on by a friend who, who, um, was friends with people that owned restaurants and I, and I got into it and it's, it's really been a big help. So food and water, those are the two main things. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I don't have to tell you obviously self defense, you know, a good shotgun is a great bug and weapon. Um, but, but really for me, I want to have food and water and I also want to be prepared to be mobile because, you know, it's like, I, I, I don't want to leave my property, mm-hmm. but I don't want to die here either. <laughs> you know? Right. So you got to have some sense. You got to be sensible. You got to be willing to walk away from something for a bit and you got to be willing to be mobile and you can't get wedded to a location. You can't get wedded to a house, to a pile of stuff. Absolutely. Mindset. You know, that's, it's, it's great advice. And we, I mean, uh, here in Farmville, we have no Costco's, we have no uh, restaurant depots, but what we do have are uh, several Amish stores that uh, uh, have a lot of bulk goods. And it's that, that same thing. I think, you know, it's, it's cheaper than a grocery store. You can get them in much larger quantities. Uh, You know, we've, we bought like 50 pound bags of rice uh, and beans back in March. And, you know, we tucked them away for a couple of months that we started just using them. So we need to restock a couple of our things that, uh, uh, we started buying, you know, earlier in the year. But uh, again, as you say, food and water, I mean, those necessities, if you think about it, yeah, absolutely important. But you also need to think about, you know, how many people you have in your house. Um, I know we've got three kids, uh, including, uh, well, they're all teenagers at this point in my house. So, you know, when we start planning, okay, let's try to figure out how much of a supply we have on hand. We quickly realized, you know, okay, we go through a lot more food uh, than we really anticipated. And <laughs> that forced us to make some adjustments as well. Um, so this is, I mean, is this something that you go back and you, you know, do you dig into your prepper stock at all? And then you go back and you, <laughs> you resupply? I know with yeah, your cheese wheel, you did. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, well, I haven't gotten into the cheese wheels, but, um, <laughs> but our, our stock is kind of layered. So, you know, there's the stuff that is going to expire in six months. There's the stuff that's going to last a year. There's the stuff that's going to last two years. So the stuff that's going to expire in a couple months, um, we're eating it. Um, and, and really a lot of what we're doing, cause I've got three kids myself. Now they're all elementary school age. Actually, the first one is their first year of middle school, but, but three kids, three adults in the house now. Um, and we buy just the stuff that we eat. We buy it in bulk. So if the kids like mac and cheese, we're getting out in bulk. You know, if they like some other kind of thing, we're getting it in bulk. Um, I recently turned my oldest kid onto gnocchi pasta. And oh, yeah. so I got two giant like bulk boxes of that stuff. Um, you know, because if it's something that we like to eat, or like goldfish crackers, you know, whatever things for the kids, 
Um, we're, we know we're going to be buying it. We know it's going to get eaten. We're getting a month's worth of it at a time instead of a week's worth of it at a time. Yeah. So, but as far as the long-term stuff, like the, the, um, the sacks of, of rice and beans and stuff like that, we haven't dipped into that yet. Uh, that I've got a, I've got an Instapot on the way. And so, uh, that is a, that's, that's planned. We're going to start cooking lentils. We're going to start cooking beans. I don't know if you know this tip, but, uh, uh, the dried beans, you know, they can be kind of hard to get right. And Instapot is great uh, for really getting the beans, um, really getting all the chewy out of them. And so that's how we'll be cooking the, the beans that we get um, and that we've stocked up in bulk. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm not, listen, I get, I get, I get to honestly talk about Instapots, but this is, you know, bearing arms here, not uh, Instapot <laughs> arms. So we'll, we'll say that maybe for another conversation, uh, but enjoy your Instapot. You're going to love it. Um, all right. So the next question is how concerned do you think people should be at the moment about the prospect of, either localized civil unrest uh, or, you know, widespread uh, civil unrest across this country? Um, so it's difficult. You know, there's a, we're dealing with events and not risks um, of a kind of normal, normal nature. And so I think people should be concerned. They should be very concerned. In the way that you would be concerned about something bad that has a 20% chance of happening, you know? So if you thought that your house had a 20% chance of burning down this week, um, you would be concerned. Now, now what are the odds it's going to burn down? It's still, you know, only two in 10, right? Or one in five, but, but it's, it's high enough. It crosses a threshold that I should be concerned. So, you know, for me, I don't know how to really gauge the odds of widespread electoral violence. I tend to think that they are vastly oversold. Um, we did a roundup at the prepared of media fear porn about Civil War 2.0. There was a lot of it. You saw it. I saw it. We all saw it. Um, there is so much of it that, like, we couldn't even really touch it. And we have a prepper website. And the reason is, like... You know, nobody, nobody's coming to us to read that because they're getting it from the New York Times. It's, it's a crazy world when you can't get any traffic on a prepper website with a Civil War 2.0 article <laughs> because the Times and the Post and the Atlantic have all just like maxed that, that beat out, you know? So, so there was a lot of that out there. Um, I thought, uh, my assumption was that if there was a clear uh, Biden victory that, uh, like, uh, like on, on election night or the day yeah. after, um, that, that things would go relatively smoothly. Uh, that has not materialized. Um, you know, and so as this drags out, especially if we get into a, a to an electoral college tie territory, um, then things, uh, the risk of, of bad stuff, I think starts to increase. Um, so, you know, it's tough to say where we are. It's tough to say where we're going. We may get some kind of big resolution here shortly um, where it's like that's the ball game, you know, uh, but but who knows? I mean, things are not I mean, they're not looking great right now, but get back to me in an hour. You know, this, this situation is really volatile. Yeah, no, you're right. It really is. And I think that's one of the things that have, you know, so many people concerned. I, I mean, I'm with you. I don't think. I don't think the vast majority of the country on either side, no matter who you voted for, I don't think the vast majority of the country is interested in a civil war. Um, but I do think that most people 
are interested in getting their way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in a, you know, 50, 50 nation, which is pretty clearly what we have right now. Um, that's, that's tough, right? Cause someone's not going to get their way. Uh, and, and, well, you know, you look at this election and it's, I mean, it's fascinating to me. Um, as you say, this was not a blue wave. Biden did not cruise to victory. It looks like Republicans are actually going to pick up maybe, I would think at this point, just looking at the outstanding races, at least 10 seats in the house, which is, Really unheard of um, in an election. You know, typically uh, the 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 president's party loses uh, a seats, but that didn't happen this time around. I think the Senate can be much closer. It looks like we might be going to two runoffs in Georgia that could uh, ultimately determine control of the Senate. Uh, and then, as you say, there's so much uh, uncertainty in Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania right now about uh, the election results. I, I think it does have people on edge. Is it is it your theory that? Once some of these unknowns become knowns, even if they're not what we want to see, that that ends up kind of ratcheting down the uh, the, the tension because the uncertainty disappears. My theory is that um, it's not all going to go in one direction the whole time. So, so in the I was investing through the 2008 financial crisis. You know, I was uh, I had just sold my company. I was an investor. I watched the tape pretty closely. Um, even in the financial crisis after Lehman, uh, every day was not a down day. Um, the market, you know, dropped to record lows, but on its way to record lows, it had some ups. So, so in this situation with tensions and with culture war and all this, um, it's not going to be like a uniform, uh, every day is crazier than the last. So I think you can see certain things resolve and you can see tensions ease. Um, but the underlying problems, the fundamentals are still pretty ugly. And then it just goes right. It snaps right back in. So so I think, you know, even in a best case scenario uh, where where everybody just backs off, like in, in terms of a, in terms of a violence, I think a, a clear Biden victory is probably a best case scenario because I think a clear Trump victory. Um, there's just going to be a lot of protests and riots and like a pretty vicious crackdown. Um, so, so let's say, you know, in terms of like, um, near term tension easing, probably a, a clear, like, unde- unassailable Biden win, tensions racket back down. What happens this summer when another black man gets shot by police? Um, they're going to go right back out into the streets. And in fact, they may, it may not even wait till the summer or the spring to go back out into the streets. So, you know, the fundamental problems here, the conflict, um, the division, um, the, a lot of like structural institutional problems, they're not going to be addressed by like a Biden Harris administration. And the people that are in the streets that are burning things and smashing Starbucks, they know this. Uh, so, so that stuff is not going to go away. You know, I don't know what makes it go away other than, um, you know, maybe a peaceful kind of national breakup or something. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But I, but I certainly think that, that this is, um, we could have an easing of tensions and a little bit of a, of a down slope and then it can ratchet right back up. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, as you say, the fundamentals are exactly what I said a couple of minutes ago. We're a 50 50 nation. Um, and within that 50 50 split, uh, as you say, you know, they're, they're obviously, um, shade. It's not like we have two camps in this country, uh, or, or two, you know, political tribes. I think even on the right, you've got, a, a a group of at least 
two different ideologies that sort of fit together under the uh, umbrella of the right. And I think the same can be said of the left. Um, and we're going to watch, you know, those tensions play out within the parties uh, in the months ahead. And as it, you know, uh, so I think you're right um, that these things are the, the big issues, the fundamentals uh, are not going to go away anytime soon. And, and that's something, you know, again, I mean, getting back to our, 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 our first topic, I think that's one reason why I don't expect to see a, a really sharp drop in uh, gun sales. I, I really don't expect to see a, a, a sharp drop in uh, the number of Americans who have, have become interested in being prepared. Um, and, and to that end, I mean, let me ask you, because obviously we've seen record high number of gun owners, uh, new gun owners this year, as many as 7 million, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Are, are you seeing that in the prepper world as well? Are we seeing a surge of interest in Americans who say, hey, you know what? I do want to be able to take care of myself and my family in case something happens. Yeah, um, there is a big uptick in sort of blue tribe prepping, you know, um, urban um, minorities, people who don't consider themselves preppers, people who are not in any way affiliated with anything, you know, on the right who are now kind of coming into the fold in terms of gun rights, um, in terms of preparedness. And, and that is a real movement and a real thing that's happening. So, so yeah, the, they're being added to the existing base of kind of more right-wing preppers and old-school survivalists and that mentality. So it is growing, and I think it's going to be durable, you know. But I, I'll tell you, I mean, this is maybe a, maybe a little bit of a topic shift, but it's like we're on about the election. We're worried about election violence. Man, um, the COVID surge that's happening right now is real. Mm-hmm. And the economic devastation that's going on and it is looks set to continue um, no matter who wins because Washington's going to be paralyzed. Like that is grim. Uh, you know, the job losses that are happening right now in the service sector are just, I mean, we're bleeding. You know, so while you've got, and I, I've, I've, um, I had a, an exchange with a, with a prominent economist, um, one of the guys that called the 2008 crash early. And, uh, I, I recently had an email exchange with him actually yesterday because I'm, I'm working on an article about preparing for the next couple of months, um, in terms of your finances and stuff. And he has been relatively like bullish, like hold steady. Um, through this whole COVID thing, just keeping an eye on the numbers, keeping an eye on housing. But he has turned pretty bearish recently because he's like, look, you know, Biden wins. Um, McConnell may try and kneecap him, um, uh, the, the, you know, for, for, for January by not passing the stimulus. Or, you know, McConnell has said he's going to pass the stimulus. Is he really going to come to the table? So it's like, is the GOP going to pass a stimulus? Or are they just, uh, you know, is this some kabuki and they're trying to basically, um, you know, leave leave Biden with a poop sandwich um, in January? Or is there just going to be gridlock that takes hold? You know, is it just going to be gridlock? Um, if Trump wins, like, is he going to get a stimulus through, um, you know, or are the Dems going to pass anything? So, so it doesn't look either way, either path we take in the next, you know, 48 hours, doesn't look like there's going to be help from D.C., for for the restaurants that are closing, the theaters, you know, all the service sector jobs that are going away. And that stuff is going to start to impact the housing market in a big way. It's going to start to impact real estate. You know, right now, the housing market has been pretty nuts. I mean, we've all seen it in a lot of different places. You know, I'm building a guest house on my property, and it's hard to get materials and workers. 
So, you know, the housing market's crazy. Somebody just cold called me the other day trying to offer me cash for my house. So so that is, um, that is, is possibly going to, going to shift, um, and take a darker turn, uh, relatively soon. Because again, the fundamentals are bad. You know, the fundamentals here are bad and there's not going to be a lot of help from DC. So in terms of preparedness, when you're preparing for the next couple of months, honestly, political violence is like number four or five on my menu of things that I'm stressed about in this moment. Um, you know, I, it may happen. Sure. There may be some political violence, but I am worried about, um, a big, big, like a crisis, a downturn. I'm worried about a lot of job losses and I'm worried about unrest because people aren't eating and they don't have a house. Um, you know, there's unrest that happens because my side lost and there's unrest that happens because I can't get food. Um, and the latter is, is a lot more dangerous than the former. And Absolutely. we are increasingly at risk of the latter. John Stokes. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to step on you yeah. there. Yeah, no, I was just, you know, I just said it seems, you know, unless, I mean, something could happen, but. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, we always end up on a, uh, on a, a really, uh, I don't say a down note, <laughs> but a, uh, a, a note of caution uh, in these conversations. But I, I, I appreciate uh, what you're saying. And I think these are genuine concerns. I mean, I, I think most of the folks who are watching uh, either, you know, know somebody or been impacted personally uh, in terms of the, the economic damage we've already seen. Uh, that's certainly the case in, in my family. Uh, and, you know, my, my hope uh, is that we are actually able to see something uh, come out of Washington, D.C. I, I don't think that uh, you can you can argue maybe that Americans did vote for gridlock uh, on Election Day, uh, you know, given the uh, the strength of the Republican votes in the, the House. And uh, looks again like worst case scenario right now would be a 50 50 split uh, in the uh, Senate. Um, but I, I do think that Americans are very concerned about exactly those things that you just talked about uh, at the end of the day. Being able to put food on the table, being able to put a roof over your head, um, those are the fundamentals that that you know go far beyond um, the politics of of whether or not my congressman or you know my president won the election, and um, and I think you're right. I mean, I think there are a lot of Americans who really don't believe that DC is up to the task right now. I hope that they prove us wrong. But uh, in the meantime, John, I appreciate you coming on the program, sir. It's always good talking with you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Absolutely, man. We'll be talking again soon. And uh, folks can uh, check out John uh, both at theprepared.com and then uh, Open Source Defense as well. Um, what do you guys have on tap uh, at Open Source Defense? Are you guys working on anything right now? You know, we are just uh, really kind of doing outreach in relations to all these new gun owners that are coming out. So, and, and like we're like everybody else, kind of holding our breath to see what's going to happen in Washington. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's two of our roads. Now, everybody, I think, is pretty happy. Um, that it looks like the Supreme Court, you know, may finally deliver on some gun cases. So, you know, but, uh, but other than that, I mean, we're kind of concerned with, um, you know, uh, the bigger picture and all these new gun owners, making sure they're safe, uh, and making sure that, you know, that we don't see the gun death curve go back in the wrong direction because you've got all these new owners coming in and they don't know how to be safe and they're not really prepared for the responsibility of gun ownership. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, again, appreciate everything that you do, man, and the uh, folks that uh, uh, Open Source Defense, y'all do fantastic work. Look forward to talking again very soon. Thank you. Likewise.
I appreciate uh, John joining us on the program. I do want to make just one note, you know, because I, I, I didn't want to interrupt him uh, as we we're talking. But uh, when John talked about, you know, a, a clear Biden victory offering the prospect uh, the, the best chances for no violence. Um, I don't think and I, 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 I don't think you took it this way, but just in case we got anybody out there, I don't think John was endorsing Biden with that comment. But I think what he was saying is, again, if you look around at the unrest that we've seen in this country so far this year, it has largely been uh, on the uh, part of uh, folks on the left uh, as opposed to folks on the right. So a, a, I think the right, I think, I think what John was saying is that the right Trump supporters less likely to, uh, try to burn stuff down as opposed to, you know, the folks who were out, uh, destroying property in Portland last night, Denver had a, uh, a big March. There was, um, a number of arrests made in New York city. That's the type of violence I think you can expect to see more of uh, in the event of a, a close Trump win uh, or even a, a close Biden victory, uh, you know, with uh, Republicans either maintaining control of the Senate or a 50-50 split. Um, I think that is the type of unrest you're likely to see more of. All right. Let's turn our attention now to our uh, good deed of the day, our armed citizen story, our recidivist report. We will start with that uh, story out of Dallas, Texas, man faces murder charge after a fatal shooting outside of an uptown Dallas bar. 32-year-old Victor Alonzo Pena uh, arrested earlier this week in connection with the slaying of a 21-year-old man, uh, Angel Juarez, in uh, Dallas, Texas. Victor Pena this is actually the second murder charge that Pena has faced in his life. Yeah, uh, according to the Dallas Morning News, back in 2007, Pena pleaded guilty to a murder charge uh, stemming from a a shooting in 2004 when Pena was 15. Uh, He was sentenced after pleading guilty to murder, sentenced to seven years of adjudicated probation. Mm -hmm. Likely because of his age, uh, but Pena had his probation revoked in 2010 after he was arrested on a weapons charge and uh, failed to meet with his probation officer. He was sent to prison before he uh, and served for murdering somebody four and a half years before he was released in June of 2015. Now Pena, as an adult, once again accused of murder, likely facing more than four and a half years behind bars, if he's convicted. But honestly, what is up with that first sentence there? Originally sentenced to probation? And then when he violated that probation, four and a half years behind bars for taking a man's life? I mean, that's pretty unbelievable, especially coming from the Lone Star State of Texas. Uh, now, on to our armed citizen story of the day. Fresno, California, where a 17-year-old was shot while trying to break into a home in uh, Fresno, County, California. According to uh, ABC 30, this is the second time in two weeks that the home has been broken into. The uh, homeowner uh, said um, he's not sure why he's being targeted so much. Tony Body with the Fresno County Sheriff's Office says there's a lot to the story that we still don't know, uh, but they do say that a, a ring doorbell camera installed by the front door was working early Wednesday morning, captured video of the attempted burglary. Uh, that uh, camera also alerted the homeowner, who deputies say grabbed a handgun and ran outside. 
Uh, by the time that uh, the uh, guy got outside, according to uh, deputies, suspect had jumped a fence uh, and was running. Uh, the homeowner then confronted the attempted burglar. Several shots were fired. Uh, Tony Body with the Fresno County Sheriff's Office says that uh, homeowner gave us pretty good details, but we want to know a little bit more as to what caused him to fire at the suspect. So we'll keep an eye on this story. Uh, right now, it looks to be a case of self-defense. The uh, 17-year-old who was shot, taken to the hospital, treated for non-life-threatening injuries, uh, later booked into a juvenile hall on one felony kind of attempted burglary. Um, but the uh, homeowner himself not facing any charges at the moment. Again, we'll uh, keep our eyes on this story and uh, give you any new details or developments uh, as they arrive. Finally today, our good deed of the day from Hobbs, New Mexico where a uh, police officer, Officer Carlos Montina, or Martinez, uh, ended up in the right place at the right time and willing and able to deliver a baby in the line of duty. Yeah, I know. I, I'm sorry for the dark quality of this video, but uh, this was at night when uh, Officer Martinez ended up delivering that uh, child there. A woman in labor, when he arrived at this call, I realized it was not going to be possible to uh, get her to the local hospital, uh, and he was going to have to help deliver that baby. So that's what they did in the front driveway of the uh, the home there where mom and dad uh, were getting ready to go to the hospital. Officer Martinez ended up delivering the baby in the uh, backseat of an SUV. Yeah, uh, KRQE says the couple welcomed their new baby boy into the world in a story that the couple will never forget. The baby quickly wrapped up and taken to the hospital to make sure that everything was okay. Mom and son both doing great. Uh, and the uh, parents say that they were incredibly thankful that Officer Martinez arrived and acted so quickly. So uh, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing and deliver a baby. That is uh, that's a pretty good deed there. So Officer Carlos Martinez in Hobbs, New Mexico, we thank you, sir, for your very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Barry and Arms Cam and Company, but we will be back tomorrow. And speaking of unrest, we're going to uh, we're going to delve into a story from American history. There's a new book out that I uh, am really looking forward to reading. Uh, we're going to be talking with the author. This book is all about the Battle of Athens, not Athens, Greece, but Athens, Tennessee. We'll give you that history lesson as well as uh, all of the day's top second minute news and information on the next edition of Marion Arms Cam and Company. In the meantime, be well, be safe, and be free.